Hi, my name's Hunter Burrell, coming to you live from Lauderdale, Mississippi. This is a song I wrote called Kansas City Southern. This is Porch Talk. Kansas City Southern rolling right on time A thousand ton of rough cut pine That old truss about a quarter mile long Big Black River keeps singing your song now there's a shack down a boy that's crossing where the boys are getting tight. And they'll be rolling down the bowling green store by the end of the night. Yeah, they got four dollar whiskey, two dollar beer. Is that an angel or a demon screaming in my ear? And both of them are saying, Chester, don't stop here Cause my boss has got big plans When the power company man came calling He said we need this water for steam They threw up a fence I haven't been there since Cause them guard dogs sure is mean Well I was raised by a shotgun and a skull can On a hill between the plantation pines my first love, it was a broke-down shack A couple miles from the Tyler County line It's where I got my blood at the skinning rack It's where I drank down my first beer I had so many girls on that dirty old couch That I've forgotten their names through the years yeah, my old man, it was a good old boy Till the brain cancer took him down You best believe when it was his time to leave it When the dry eye left in town Yeah, the folks down there, they call me Chester And they know that I'm as crazy as a loon But I'm here to tell you that I miss him that's how you got me singing this tune Hey! Well, Kansas City Southern rolling right on time thousand ton of rough cut pine That old truss about a quarter mile long Big Black River keeps singing your song Yeah, we got a ratty old porch swing with buckshot shells We're all saints and sinners, only time's gonna tell if we're on the path to glory or a railroad to hell Just as long as I'm driving the train
Well, at the base of that bridge, there's a log jam Chock full of turtles and snakes One of these days, we'll set the whole thing ablaze With the sparks from the freight train's brakes It's where the deep muddy water meets the red hot steel And if one don't get you, then the other one will And you know it's bound to happen Cause we all know the deal But say a prayer for the engineer Well, Kansas City, Southern Rome, right on time A thousand ton of rough cut pine That old truss about a quarter mile long Big Black River, keep singing your song Here we are. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and we are in... Lauderdale, Mississippi. Uh, I once was a skeptic of uh, the art of chiropractic. We're not getting there yet. Um, I have been a purveyor of music for some time. I've observed it, and I'm going to make some observations with this. Uh, I'm confused by my guest, and uh, I'm convinced by his better half. And so without further ado, here's Hunter Burrow. And Megan Lysak. Did I get the did I get the Lysak back? <laughs> Lezak. 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 Don't your, worry. Your everybody. last night your last name messes with me. Don't worry, everybody does it. Although and the, and the ice has been broken. <laughs> and to be honest, say my last name one more time. Lysak. My no no my last name. Burl. Wrong. Burrell. 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 Oh, you want them, are you? Yeah. <laughs> let, 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 let me tell you. Hey, if you're um, going to say my last name, put a little spaz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's how my dad said it. That's how everybody in my dad's family said is, it. Is that not the right that we have to our name? I, I, I suppose so, but you, I did not realize how hick that sounded until I got out in the world. <laughs> and I realized that for the rest of the world, I sound like... Burrell. <laughs> it sounded good till I got to Kansas City, and then I just had to start finding other ways. <laughs> All right, so like, this is a big weird thing. So um, Hunter Burrell uh, came into my life, Megan at the same time, uh, inseparable, as it should be, um, power couple, but uh. I meet this guy. He's a singer-songwriter type. He's also into the dark arts of chiropractics. And (laughs) I hear him play. And, well, he's good. I enjoy his music. And I guess I miss the story because I was always under the assumption that you weren't from Mississippi. I thought you were from Missouri or Kansas because, like, Kansas City is, like, I met you when you came back from there, and so, like, I always attached that to it. Sure. No, understandable. No, I am uh, I am born and bred of Tyler County, Mississippi, a small town called Salas. 
Come we, on with it. We usually don't even get a map dot. But, uh, yeah. I was born to two working class parents, Sherry and Danny. My dad built houses, and my mom, for uh, about half of my childhood, worked at the bank, and the other half uh, worked for the school system in Kosciuszko, which is how I got into the Kosciuszko school system later on down the road. Um, yeah, um, pretty normal southern upbringing. Um, I really couldn't have asked for any better family. Um, <clears throat> I'm saying um a lot. <laughs> Typically happens. Yeah, I, I, I figured that was probably a common ailment. But, uh, yeah, pretty uh, simple upbringing, I guess you could say. Let's get a more, a little bit more simple to take the ohms out, shall we? <laughs> a little bit more simple, okay. Is, um, now nah, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, just growing up where you're at, you're in Italia County. Italia small, County, yes, Small, sir. small, small space. Yes, sir. I'm from Lamar County, Alabama. You've been to my house. You understand, like, the smallness. I felt very at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the the beauty of that, we'll get there. But, like, how did music come in your life? Was it was it your mother and father? Was it your grandparents? Definitely like, my mom. Someone spinning records, someone in the car. Like, what was going on, man? Uh, definitely my mom. My mom put me in front of the church singing, you know, in front of the congregation, like, uh, like a solo, you know, me and her, well, actually me and her. I remember the song, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. But yeah, she had me doing this at probably two to four years old. I mean, cause I, cause I thought it was like six. And when I told her this story the other day, she's like, honey, that was like way before that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So started off singing in church and just always sung always. I, I love to sing. I sing in the shower. I always, and I figured out pretty early on that that kind of set me apart from other people. Because let me tell you something. I, I'm not a sports guy. I don't, you know, there, there's not a whole lot, especially in my childhood, that I felt like I had going on that, you know, said, you know, notice me. going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had nothing to make me cool, exactly, <laughs> but I could sing. That was the one thing that I knew if I couldn't do anything else. And, um, you know, it, it, and I feel like I was probably an annoying kid at times because I'm like, hey, you want to listen to me sing? You know. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, you probably don't. <laughs> uh, and eventually I figured out that if I was going to, uh, if that was going to be my shtick, I was going to have to figure out how to play guitar. So in fifth grade, I think it was, my granddad started. out early. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fifth grade, um, my granddad paid for me to have guitar lessons from a guy, I can't remember his name, over at Holmes Community College. He was the, uh, my granddad was the vice president and dean of the college at the time. My, my family is very tied up in that school. But uh, I digress. And well, let uh, me break you apart real quick. It's like, Atala County, like, how close are we to the Delta? And, like, was there any ties to the blues with this teacher? Um, I can, What was I, he teaching you? He was, I remember, it's one of the very few memories I have from those lessons, but early on in the lessons, he asked me, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, do you want to, you know, be playing lead solos? And I said, I want to be able to sing and play guitar. And he mm. started teaching me chords, you know? 
And, and don't get me wrong, we started with the, you know, every apple does good before eating, and, you know, we got all that good stuff out of the way, was wholly uninterested, but he taught me how to play G, D, C, and, um, and I think we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I never practiced. Like, it never... I, at that time, I could not put together playing and singing at the same time. Like, I mean, you know, I could look up the chords for should have been a cowboy, you know. Well, I just want to ask, just for, like, people listening, maybe, like, their parents and maybe their children and maybe they're trying to figure out a way to get them involved in music, is what made you want to get involved? Because, like, you would go into these lessons and you really weren't wanting to practice and stuff. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what ticked? for you was it going to a live show or like one day you like just heard that grateful dead or whatever that sounded like is like you know what yeah i think i will now actually what okay so i took lessons off and on probably through seventh grade and eventually i got to a point where the teacher i had at that time was like you know i've pretty much shown you i think all you are telling me that you want to know you know i could if you want to continue to pay for me to sit here and, you know, play songs with you, you know, for an hour a week, that's fine. But I think you're kind of, you know, what, what I can, I've taught you what I can teach you for, for your purposes. And at the, I still had not put together playing and singing. And I put it down for probably five, six years. Like, didn't touch it, collected dust in the corner of my room. Um, and at that time, like, I didn't even have a full-size guitar, you know, nylon strings, the, uh, the, 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 the beginner model. And uh, senior year, I started hanging out with a new group of friends, and all of them were musicians in some right. All of them played guitar, played How'd drum set. Uh, I mean, how'd you find your way? Because obviously, like, you were talking a little bit about, like, you were kind of a bit of an outcast, like, Right. Yeah. Um, so the Am one thing that here? the one no the, the one thing that saved me through early high school was really uh, I, I was on the drum line. So you know, like that was that 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 was my clan. You know, my my whatever you want to call it in group. Um, but toward the end of college, I find so I, I I came to Kosciuszko School District in seventh grade. And by that nature, you know, pretty a lot of friends, you know, friendships and relationships had already been made at that point. You know, these guys have been going to school together since elementary. I was kind of the new kid, and you know, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't hip to a lot of. I, I was, I'm not gonna say I was sheltered, but I wasn't quite as worldly of an upbringing as you know, like what is common in a public school. I guess you could say. I think that's a big thing, and like. Uh sidetrack you just for a second is uh, my nephew he's 10 years old and so he's like second third grade and like I grew my hair out he grew his hair out and like I give him band shirts and like he's dressing like me and he's like interacting like I do and I was like this is not going to get you those cool points (laughs) this is going to make you the absolute outcast (laughs) <laughs> the, the, this uh, the, that's not the frequency that your friends are vibing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he, he he dives in, and so like he's somewhat of like the class clown, as you know. And it's only his presentation of it. Like only thing that I have to see is like when I go watch him interact with his peers when they're playing little league baseball, and I see who he is. I don't know who he is in school. I'm not there, and so like I think about this like when we're th- when we're growing up. 
and let's just say like you're that musical guy or even if you don't think you are like even if just a touch of you thinks that you are is uh it's so hard to be yourself it's so hard to uh break the mode so to speak and not to just meld into this melding pot like when we were in high school we're not that far apart in age is it was all about sports Mm-hmm. And you wanted to play baseball, you wanted to play football, you wanted to be, like, if you were the girl, you wanted to be the cheerleader, you wanted to be, you know, the gymnast, or, you know, what, what you wanted to be in the band, if that was your particular thing. But the thing about how small my school was, is, like, when I was coming up, ninth through senior year, we didn't have band. That's how small we were. I graduated with 26 people. Yeah. And so, like, my nephew is saying the same thing, and he's, like, making decisions that I made later in life when he's nine. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is suicide. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to crucify you. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know that I was saying? Like, you get one friend, and if that's what takes you through your life, that's just it. And I was like, that's going to be it for you. <laughs> like, you're going to be good to have that one. That's just right. <laughs> But, like, I love his tenacity, and it's just this idea about, like, just honing in on, like, even if it's, like, role modeling after me, which is, like, probably not the best archetype to role model after, but it's, like, props, man. Yeah. Like, you're, you're wearing those band shirts that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you're so right, because at that age, you know, if you... If you're not conforming to, you know, whatever is cool at that time, you know, for, for, for me, it was rap music. You know, I have nothing against rap music, man, you know, like, and, and there's some of it that I will, you know, jam to if it comes on, you know, with my, with my, my missus here, mm-hmm. you know, but it is not, I, it, it, it doesn't speak to my soul, you know, and, and that's okay. And, I, and I'm okay with it speaking to other people's souls. But uh, that was all there was when I was in high school. You know, in terms of being cool, that was the culture. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, and same. I felt I felt same. very much an outcast, an outsider to that. And and to this day, I still haven't found my way how to feel included in that. You know, and not to fast forward to ahead, but I just want to get Megan in on the conversation. It's like I want to fast forward to the, like college years. It's like. Uh, when you were graduating high school, what did life look like? And, like, why in the world did you go to Mississippi State? Like, what were you looking for? What were you even, like, what did you want to do with your life? Engineering? Um, uh, so, I, I should also say I had really good grades in high school, I guess. Um, my da- I mentioned oh. earlier that my dad you built... well, do you? Um, I was third in my class in high school. Um, I was ninth. I got robbed because uh, Slew Dictorian took a bunch of nothing classes, and I decided to take AP classes, which hurt my GPA. I got robbed, too, by myself. <laughs> I didn't care. That'll do it, too. That'll do it, too. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. So I had really good grades all throughout, you know, elementary, high school. And... Like like I said, my dad built houses, and the one thing that I loved as a kid and to this day still captivates my imagination is construction and construction equipment. Like I can wa- I can watch a track hoe do its thing all day long and never get bored. And uh, 
So, but it really what I wanted to do was go drive a Traco, basically. But everybody in my family was like, you know, not with a 4.0, you're not. And um, you're my gonna gra- go to, you're gonna go to college, right? Exactly. <laughs> and um, so my granddad mentioned one day, you know, well, why don't you go for civil engineering? You know, like you like construction. You know, like that's kind of what they do. And I thought. All right, sounds about like the best plan that I've heard so far. Yeah, and so that's, I was dead set I was not going to community college. I was going straight to the four-year, you know, deuces. I'm out of this town. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I went and did. Well, let me ask you, that before we get Megan involved here, is um, what did it feel like? Because um, there was a deep sense of fear when I left my small town for Mobile. Uh to be honest, I wouldn't have had the willpower. I don't think I think I would have backed out or chickened out if it wasn't for a childhood friend. I was going to go to the University of Mobile, and he wanted to go to South Alabama. They're both in Mobile, and so we had both had like community college, so we didn't have to be like in the dorms. We could have we could live off campus. I don't know if I would have had the balls to move to Mobile by myself. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that older had the unction, and God knows I needed it. God, <laughs> God knows I, I, I knew I had to do it, but I just didn't think that I could. Everybody should get out of their hometown at least for a little while. It's okay if you come back, but if uh, and I did, I did come back, and it was a you know long story short was like it was a sense of recovery, and like if I didn't come back, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now, sure. and we wouldn't be. <clears throat> doing what we're doing right now (laughs) for those of you listening brother alan just deposited about half a miller light onto the floor but that's okay we love it's a fine pisser (laughs) thank you megan i'm trashing your house so i mean just just back back to topic it was you know it was it was hard to do and like so like Coming out, kind of like possibly being an outcast, not really having an identity. If even if like you felt like identity was robbed, or however you felt, like when you began to step inside of yourself, you were going to college. You had this 4.0. You were gonna go study this thing that your grandpa inspired you inspired you to do. Uh, yeah, engineering of some sort. Why Mississippi State? What? Why was you uh, the, 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 the. proximity or? Um, mostly my grand, like my granddad graduated from Mississippi State. He was a Mississippi State oh, fan. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was. Hail State. Yeah, hail all, all, all the way. You know, like I saw it from him my entire life growing up. My mom, uh, like you know, liked to make him mad as daughters do, and uh, you know, used to at least pretend that she was an old Miss person. But uh, but I never took to that, and it was always Mississippi State. You know, like that was that was our team. And um, it it was always gonna be state, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about this. It's like uh, I don't want to put too much uh, cloud on it, but uh, I love y'all. Well, we love you too, Alan. Much love, and, Alan. Uh, when I first met y'all, I was like, yeah, this is these are my people. So uh, <laughs> Megan, how in the world did you come in the picture? What's going on around here? Did y'all meet at Mississippi State? Yeah, we did. We actually uh, had a mutual friend in common, Aaron Havens, 
and uh, he kind of told Hunter about me, and they didn't tell me about Hunter, and they called me one night, and they asked me if I wanted to come hang out, and so I was like, yeah, sure, so I crawl out of bed, and I go there in my sweatpants and my t-shirt to one of of my best friend's um, apartment, and I walk in there, and Hunter's there, and he says a few things, and he goes and he uses the restroom, and I looked at Aaron and uh, his girlfriend, now wife, Hannah Ruth, and I was like, who is that? Y'all uh, didn't tell me y'all had that friend. Right on. And so, uh, long story short, you know, that kind of started everything. You know, there's a bunch of details, but that's pretty much like... <laughs> that's how it started. So yeah. I started, but we had these other set of friends um, that I had met again through this friend group, and it was Mary Catherine or MK and her boyfriend Stowers, and they had been together for, at this time, you know, a, a hot minute, you know, four or five years or so, and uh, they were real good friends of mine, and uh, I introduced them to Hunter, and... They were like uh, open arms and became really good friends to him. And That was my first introduction to the Grateful Dead, which would ultimately become a really big part of my life. So you, so you introduced him to the dead? Well, kind of like Proximity. we all did, hanging out. They invited him to this music festival, and Hunter did not want to go. Hunter was like begging his boss, like, What's don't let on? me off. And we were like, no, no, no. Just if you, I was like, if you don't like it, I will never make you do it again. But well, for, I really don't all, think. First of all, let me say, they took me to one hell of a starter festival. Like, I mean, it, it, Where? It, 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 Electric it, it, Forest. Yeah, okay. it ain't like we went down the hangout fest on the beach and watched Eric Church or something. No, they took yeah. me up to Michigan to Electric Forest. There's actually some lyrics in the song that uh, kind of reference a little bit of that experience of Hunter's. But, uh, yeah, I ended up taking to it like a fish to water. And that uh, was kind of a... It was a big turning point in my life, really. Milestone, I guess you could say. So, like, what would you say where you were at in music at that time in college? Were you even pursuing it? No. No. <coughs> in co- so, you know, to backpedal a little bit, uh, I started hanging out with that crew of friends in my senior year, and I was determined I was not going to be the guy sitting on the couch waiting for them to play something I could sing. And uh, so I took some of my so senior... So you're a bit of a karaoke guy? For some uh, oh, man, I used to tear up some karaoke. For sure, sure. And uh, so my, you know, I knew I had that old guitar, but like I said, you know, nylon strings. It was you know built for a child, and I was you know most of a man at this point. And <laughs> more um, than a child. <laughs> yeah. So I took some of my senior money, went down to the pawn shop, bought a hundred dollar guitar, and you still got it. Uh, yes, actually, it's in this room over here somewhere. It's uh, ratty. I did not take care of it. As it should be. <laughs> oh, trust me. It is everything a first guitar should be. And um, so I, at that point, I went back through you know, Google and stuff, looking up tabs, remembering how to play chords. And I finally... So, I mean, that's how far removed you were. Like, you didn't remember any of those lessons that you had with that No, nah, I mean, once I started looking it up, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, that's familiar, you how know. Long, how long would you say you were removed from it? Like, two or three years? Six or five or six. Jeez, you picked it up at 15 and just like, eh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, and, and on the second time around of trying to play it, I finally, I had that aha moment. And, you know, for better or worse... 
Rock me, mama, like a wagon okay. wheel. You know that that was the <laughs> that, that old was Darius the, Rucker. That was no, 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 oh, no, no, no. This was before. This oh, was before he a, did that one. Oh. The, the, this was old Crow Medicine show. I, lear, okay. I learned. I learned there. Not the original. I you learned it well, did you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but that was the first one that I could ever play and sing at the same time, and uh, I graced many a campfire with that. And from there, I find, oh, you know, well, now I can play this one, now I can play this one, kind of took off. But at the same time, I just did not have the focus for it in college. And um, I didn't really pick it back up again until we had got, we'd been in Kansas City for a little while. John. And, and I'm, yep, yep, and I met. So uh, we're, we're skipping a bit ahead, like, why Kansas City? Okay, yeah. Um, Let's go. So, okay, so I pretty much knew I was going to chiropractic school. So, why were you in the state? So, I was getting my exercise physiology degree from Mississippi okay. State. And then I was hoping to I would get accepted to chiropractic school. My dad's a chiropractor. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so, Hunter was graduating um, from Mississippi State a little bit before me. And I had, uh, you know, he was going to these job fairs um, where he was going to work and I got my acceptance letter to Cleveland Chiropractic College in Kansas City. So um, Hunter's like, well, I guess I'm going to look for a job up in Kansas City then. So he went on up there before me, took a job with PSI. I, I finished the semester at Mississippi State. Been together State. for a year at this point, less than a year. I mean, it was a lot, it was a lot of... Already taking chances on each other. Yeah. Big like bets. It... <laughs> Big bets. Big damn bets. <laughs> but yeah, um, when she found out she was going to Kansas City, I had one more career fair left up at school, and I was pretty much just walking around the hump in Starkville looking for anybody who would put me in Kansas City. And uh, there was one company that not a whole lot of people seemed really interested in, but there was a guy that I had been to school, I'd gone to class with, who'd done an internship with them, and he was there at the booth, had their shirt on, and I was like, oh, hey, so-and-so. I walked up, and before long, oh, Lord, yeah, you know, we can put you anywhere in the U.S., and I later found out it's because it's a pretty shitty job. But... Neither burr, burr, burr. But but that being said, it got me where I needed to go, which was Kansas City, and I Fair. so I tested the engineering properties of concrete and soil and asphalt for two years while Megan started her chiropractic journey. Now you had a degree at this point. Oh yes, sir. I'm. I, I by, and you're by, not even utilizing that shit. Um, right now, but at that time I was. No, oh, you were with the. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, I was technically a staff engineer by, uh, by payroll. Yes. I don't utilize my degree either. Uh, but well, but let me tell you what they had BTW. me doing. What they had me doing out there, what they also had high school graduates doing and making more than me, where they were getting paid hourly and overtime, whereas they had me on salary. That was a big screw around, by the way. But uh, but yeah, long story short, started. not 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 a great gig. Right on. Yeah, when we first moved to Kansas City, we didn't know 
anybody like when we went up to get the apartment that hunter was going to move into first we flew up there had 24 hours you flew? And, yeah, uh, yeah well, <laughs> well okay that's a whole nother story i well, tried I mean, to, we're I, trying to get into the I, okay so i tried to book like the cheapest <laughs> ticket and it was with what was that we booked a we booked an airline called seaport airlines out of memphis so look look it, get, it gets so good. <laughs> we show up to the memphis we airport. show up to the memphis airport to the main terminal yeah, like and What's we, going on around here? And we're running we, late. Like we're running we late, and we are. are looking for Seaport. You don't do that, kids. We are looking for Seaport Airlines. We cannot find their counter. We are asking everybody we can. We're asking as sec- can be. <laughs> we're asking security guards. And finally, somebody goes, oh, yeah, that one's over there across the road. You got to go back out on Get out of the parking garage. By the back way, on the road. you missed it. And go what? across the street. And it's over there, so this bit, you know, it's this building right here. Alan, we get across there. There was no it, TSA. It is a ten. No- <laughs> it is a ten building on the side of the runway. Oh, I'm familiar with this. <laughs> the rundown. <laughs> they put us on a biplane. Yeah. There was, there, was, there was another couple that was flying the plane along with there's the the pilot and then the co-pilot, yeah. and we had to stop in Arkansas. To refuel to get off <laughs> of Kansas City. We never got high enough to lose cell service. <laughs> right so on. we I'll land. I've been here the whole thing, by the way. <laughs> hey, mom and dad, this is what it's like to be in a plane. <laughs> yeah, we're about the clouds. Here we go. Hey, that's cool. Oh, dude, something crazy. We never lost service. I don't know if this is something that we should have done. They just took our luggage, my, my, onto my, the plane. There was no like big search party kind of deal. And uh, the funniest part, though, of the of the whole shindig is uh, we get up here and uh, it's horrible. I'm crying. I'm just like it oh had just Lord. snowed like a couple weeks before it had melted. It was brown and just not like a good time we came in on like through all the uh when you fly into kansas city you go up into into the sort of the northwest part of the metro around um and when you come down you take i you take uh i-29 and ultimately 635 is that why they welcome you anally yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, like we talked about earlier, the part of town you have to come in through because it's this big overpass that crosses over, like, like one of the two main Union Pacific yards in the yeah. country. So, I mean, it looks very industrial. There's melted snow everywhere. Mega- this is where I'm going to live for the no, for you. There's no trees. There's no trees. And I'm calling up Dad, and I'm crying. And gets, I mean... It's all set in stone. Oh, is your like, dad freaking out? Uh, well, I dad, your dad. He's pulling it up on Google Maps, and he's going, Megan, where you're going looks like a nice area. Like, it looks <laughs> nice. Like, what are you you're going to be all right. She is not hearing it. <laughs> so it's your first time out of Mississippi. Well, no, not out of Mississippi. Just I had never been there before. And so, like, we, we, we go up there. We find this apartment. We, we don't know the area. We... We get a place, and then we're going to fly back home the the next day. And on, we ha- we have this uh, little rental car or whatnot, and I'm really hungry. And I'm telling Hunter that we for sure have time to stop at McDonald's. Uh, we're for sure. Uh-huh, and sure. Uh, Hunter's telling me we do not, and I'm telling him, we, but we do. Uh-huh. So Hunter pulls into McDonald's, whatever. You 
you you think you're right. So uh, we get this McDonald's and it was it was so good. And we get to the airport and turn in the rental car, <laughs> call the airline. The plane is already spun up and is not waiting for us. Ugh. So then we had to get a Hunter. Hunter, Hunter was pissed. At me. Stress. <laughs> so then we had to get a rental car and uh, we're we're driving back through backwoods Missouri. It's pouring down rain get out and here. I, I I'm <laughs> like, looking make over. Make it worse than it is. <laughs> well, I'm about to. I look over at Hunter and I see this really cool kind of like antique homemade store on some back road somewhere in Missouri. And I look over at Hunter and I'm like, Hunter, can we stop and make memories and look in the antique store? <laughs> Why not? Yes, absolutely. Let's flip this car around while I'm already on an un- <laughs> an unsolicited 10-hour drive. Absolutely. Let's oh go look God. at some antiques. <laughs> I tell you, all like, uh, y'all didn't see it because y'all saw Saturday of me at Porch Fest, but like Friday before it started, it was like, you know, my family members and my friends who were helping me put the event on, and it was great. And uh, I was pacing, walking around, strutting, worrying, (laughs) angry. (laughs) Could we please get Alan some Valium? (laughs) (laughs) Valium stat. (laughs) To just calm him down? He's too much. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we, we planned it. We did everything that we could possibly do. They're not here. What do we do? It's like, you can't control people. Ask Megan what every single gig morning goes like around this house. Oh, my Lord. Like, I'm glad we have the same panic attack. <laughs> I don't even—I don't even talk to you about it. No, 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 no. Yeah, you—you're positive you're gonna forget something. And if I ask Hunter, "Are you in a bad mood today?" He's like, "I'm not in a bad mood, Megan. It's gig day." Okay. That's yeah. just it. And it's like everyone's like, "Huh? Oh, who are you freaking out about?" It? It's like it's now or never. You're about to pop the cake. All this. Yeah, I know. Where are they at? <laughs> and, and then, like, someone has to come to me and it's like, shake me. And it's like, it doesn't matter where they're at. They missed it. You didn't. It's their fault. Sometimes you need that. They missed out. And we move on. So, boys and girls, we're up in Kansas City at this point. We just caught our flight. Settling in. What does Kansas City do to you? And how in the heck, if you can answer this, do you get so involved with the deadhead community in that area? That's a pretty easy segue, actually. Um, Because keep in mind, we didn't know anybody when we moved up here. Didn't know the uh, area, didn't know like what different vibes different parts of the town had, you uh, know, didn't know anything. We mentioned karaoke earlier. Uh, right in, there was a small shopping center right directly adjacent to our first apartment complex, and uh, there was a bar there called Tanner's. And every Friday night at Tanner's, they have karaoke. And not knowing anybody, and you know, hey, I like to sing, so we're gonna go do karaoke and hope we meet some friends. <laughs> What'd you decide to sing? Um, I'm pretty. One of my common karaoke songs is "Operator" by, uh, um. Why can I not think of this? Garth Brooks. Operator, why don't you put me on through? I got a semi in the bat. That's oh, so dope. It's like, I, always, I always like asking people, what is their karaoke song? Or what is their song? 
You want to know what my song is? What's your karaoke song? Not, know. It's not my karaoke song. It's just my song. What's that? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Swing for the fences, huh? Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Yeah, I subscribe to it. My karaoke song, though. That's your that's your thing? Is uh, This was stolen from my friend from South Korea. He come over here. It was my junior year in high school. 17, 16, whatever you want to place. He's from South Korea. Shout to the heart and you're too late. We ended up going to the karaoke bar and ended up ultimately making friends with a girl named Liz. Exchanged phone numbers with her. She lived at the apartment complex directly across, across the, street the street from, from our apartment complex. So we made plans and the next Friday we we're going to go back and do karaoke again. Well, she ends up saying, hey, you know... Um, Megan is going to chiropractic school. I have a friend who's a chiropractor. Um, let, let me see if he wants to come hang out with us. Okay, so she ends up inviting her friend Jeremy. We end up finding out that he is going to bring another friend of his. Enter Mr. John Levy. John Levy would ultimately become my best friend in the world. Um, but and, uh, that night I actually thought he was an asshole because for all intents and purposes, I definitely thought he was trying to hit on Megan. And uh, Megan <laughs> can be a little bit friendly and uh, trusting, I guess you could say, when it comes to the motives of the opposite sex. Hunter always tells me that men at the bar do not want to be my friend. They do not care if he's sitting there or not, and they are not talking to me to be my friend. <laughs> well, uh, so, you know, we're, we're leaving the bar that night, and Megan is, oh, you know, let me sit on your motorcycle, you know, and he, oh, you know, yeah, come on. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, hit a wet patch on the way home, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway... I can't remember exactly why, what the circumstances were, but I ultimately ended up having to call John Levy for a favor a couple of weeks later. I don't remember what it was, but I show up at his house and I'm thinking, you know, let me just get this over with, you know, like I don't, you know, this guy's trying to hit on my girl and get out of here, you know, but he opens the door to his house and he is immediately the most cordial dude in the entire world. Like, oh, hey, you play me, you know, you like to sing? Well, come look at my basement, man. I have a whole recording studio sit set up down here. And so I'm thinking, all right, you know, I walk down there and lo and behold, he has a full recording studio with sound treatment and everything set up in his basement. He's got his drum kit set up down there. I mean, he is ready to record an album. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's kind of cool. You know, you're still a dick. But uh, <laughs> he ends up taking me upstairs and showing me his gun collection, you know, all of his assault rifles and this and that and the other. Hey, man, I do a I do a jam night once a month. I have a lots of musician friends, and we, we, we get together, and we go down to my basement, and we just jam and just have a good time, you know. You guys should come. You guys should really come. Please come. Please come. Just begging me. And, and we have no friends, really. We have nothing else to do. I don't really want to go, but Megan is, honey, we have to go. We don't have any friends, you know. So we end up going, and, you know, the... The red, for a while, it's just kind of history. We end up, we, we were hanging out at John's house at least weekly there for a while, attending every jam night. 
And that's kind of where my musical career started in earnest, I guess you could say, because I finally had that other person that was willing to play what I wanted to, had both the facilities and the time, and, I mean, was just willing, you know, say, hey, man, let's just come jam. And I had never had that before. Well, and simultaneously... Go ahead. What did you want to play? What did I want to play? Um... You know, the, this was also happening right around the same time that we had gone to that music festival. And that's when the world of jam bands, you know, kind of like opened up to me. I had always liked the band. I'd liked Bob Dylan, but I had not really been introduced to, you know, like all that ultimately blossomed, you know, like as an offshoot of that. And Because um, at that same time that kind of all this was going on we also was we would be you know out in the town and we would see posters that right this, no like, yeah concert had happened that was like, also the right around before. the time that i that, that i was mm-hmm. real i was starting to really get into the grateful dead by that point and i wanted to i just wanted people to talk about the grateful dead with i wanted to play grateful dead songs so you know i'm jamming with john and uh that's that goes on for several years so we we started one band that was kind of a continuation of a project he had started with his cousin a couple of years earlier and it just never got off the ground and it really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and we kind of went cold on it for a couple of months but ultimately like i said i'd you know i was just i was on fire for the grateful dead and that sounds weird to say but i was i just wanted to like i wanted to talk about that band man i wanted to get more into that culture you know like i just wanted to sink my teeth into it and uh... bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, I didn't know how to do that, really. And the one thing that I came up with was... Hey man, let's is is there a is there a Kansas City Deadheads Facebook group? You know, like is there a fan club around here where I can go and get to know these people? And I found out there was not, so I made one. And within a couple of days, I had about twenty five members, I would say, in there, and that 
just really started it started really small but ultimately took off to where all of a sudden I know like all of these people who were going to these local Grateful Dead shows and like Megan kind of mentioned you know before then we would go to like the hippie shops around town and see this poster for you know a band called Better Off Dead that just so happened to have played this place last weekend you know we always missed it yeah always seemed to miss it but um once we made a couple of really key friends in that deadhead group uh like people started posting like in there like when you know these different cover bands were playing and we started going and you start seeing like the same faces and you're chatting with everybody and it really took off once a dude named uh, once a dude named steve dubinsky uh, joined the group and he said hey I was actually thinking of doing the same thing do you mind if I invite some people and then all of a sudden we had a hundred or more members and then we end, we decided to have our first little get together meet up at a play at a restaurant that was owned by one of the members called Pizza Man and that's where I met Steve for the first time and I met a lady named Mary Lombardo who has been an angel to me and mm-hmm. been a very been a motherly figure in my life and I can't I love her for everything she's done but uh anyway so yeah that that started to kind of snowball and eventually we got close to that band that we kept seeing the posters for better off dead and we would go to the shows and mary finally said at at some point said hey why don't you guys come around back at set break you know, that's where all the cool kids. Yeah, that, that's where all out. the cool kids are and hanging me and Hunter, out. Hunter, like Hunter's looking at me, like, man, come on, come on. I'm like, for what? And he's like, we got invited, we're going. And I was like, I'm with you. So we went around back, and that's where everybody's just chatting. Well, like, just to give out people an idea of this is, like, these are the cool kids inviting you back to the green room kind of idea. But these sort are some of, old yeah. school. I mean, the, the, yeah, hippies. The, these are not people our age. There's <laughs> nobody in this in this group in this uh, cohort less than forty years old. Well, one thing that I would say about, like, Porch Fest, and I hate to keep plugging it, but I don't, because I want you to know about it, is, um, like, Friday was more of a serious day. And then I wanted Saturday to feel more like a festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, just take this to this level to where you both personally experience it, is two acts before you go on, I tell you and Meg is my back back left bedroom is mine. Use it as a green room. Do whatever you need to do. Just get clarity because you're about to go home. And like I don't know. I like I I try to have a lot of great art back there. I try to like. Really, and then uh, it, it, it set it set the tone. It set the tone. I really sure. I like this. Okay, you can forget about everything that you're about to do. And okay, show call. I'm gonna come knock on the door and tell you it's time. And then, like when you're back there, it's just chill out. And. That's Unless you're me and you have lots of anxiety about getting on and stage. And you want to practice and warm up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of that's that's the mood of it, is right? Is um, you know, just to take it back to like meeting these people behind stage is like I guess maybe full circle, maybe not. Is being invited back to the inner sanctum, the back room, the cool kids club. Yeah. The, yeah. 
Yeah, to give that kind of energy is like, yeah, you are in. Yeah, acceptance. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And that, and that, and I think that's why the Grateful Dead really appealed to me so much. Once I finally kind of understood it, because I had been looking for a tribe. I had been looking for that sense of belonging, and that community in Kansas City really just gave me everything I could ask for. Oh, it, it, it was so good to us. But you got to talk about how when you finally we went back there, you met some people. Uh, okay, so you got I, to meet like people. So from Ma- Ma- Mary introduces us to a man named uh, Ed Spencer. Ed Spencer is a mentor of mine. He's uh, he's probably the best bassist I know. No offense, he was trained at Musicians Institute out in L.A. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like that dude is a monster on bass. I'm not a bassist, but. <laughs> You're my basis, and that's all that counts. But uh, anyway, so I, I and Mary tells him, you know, Hunter plays music. You know, he, you know, he'd like to, he, you know, he, he'd like to maybe pick your brain a little bit. And Ed said, "You play music, huh? What do you do?" I said, "Well, I play rhythm guitar and sing." And he said, "All right, uh, you want to come jam with us one day at practice?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, definitely." And so he goes, all right, well, you know, we got a, we got a man down for this show. Why don't you show up, you know, here and he, such and such on this night, and uh, we'll just we'll, we'll jam a little bit. And I am like, oh, my God, I have died and gone to heaven. You know, I have been invited to the table. Oh, my God, let's don't screw it up. So uh, a couple of days later, me and Megan show up at the band house, and... You know, it's it's kind of awkward. I don't really know. Like, like Ed is the only person. Mary, the person who brought me to this table, is not present. I've met Ed once or twice at this point, and you know, so it's it's kind of awkward. But he says, "So what do you know?" And first, he they wanted to play uh, uh, U.S. blues. <coughs> And I didn't really know it. They're trying to tell me the chords. I'm kind of fumbling through it. And, you know, like nobody's really impressed at all. And he goes, what's one that you know? And he goes, and somebody's like, what about Can't You See? I was like, that one. That mm-hmm. one right there. And uh, so we start playing Can't You See? And I get about, I get through the first chorus. And by that time, people are looking around the room, like looking at each other like, okay. Like, yeah. You can see those looks being looked at yeah. each other yeah. like, and uh, so by the time we get done with that, you know, everybody's like, all right, you can sing, can't you? You know, and you know, we, we, the rest of the practice goes pretty well. And I, I'm still on pins and needles. But by the like, right before we left, Ed's like, hey, so practice, you know, w- what's a Grateful Dead song that, you know, and I was like, uh, friend of the devil, he said. You want to get up on stage and do Friend of the Devil? No, no, Friend of the Devil. He said, you want to get up on stage and do Friend of the Devil with us at the next show? It's like, I'm trying to be cool, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. So, you know, like me and Megan are both vibrating at this point. But we're being cool. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're being cool. We get back in the car, like we're still holding it together. Like, Like Hunter looks at me when we get in the car and we close the door. And there was a long drive, and we hadn't backed out yet. And Hunter looks at me, and he's like, now? And I'm like, no, no, no. And uh, so he's like, okay. So he backs out the car, and we go driving down the driveway, and we get to the end of this long driveway. And I look over at Hunter, and I'm like, now. And we're like, what? 
cloud nine, man. Mission accomplished, you know, like, could not have asked for any more success out of that. And that started kind of a relationship with that band, man. I would get up on stage and I would do a couple of numbers with them, either that or uh, eventually they asked me to get up and open for them and do a little solo set. Kansas City kind of things. Uh, well, that hadn't, that, that hadn't come yet, but, uh, they, they wanted oh, me to it open, was coming, though. they wanted me to open for them. And, uh, I told John about this and he's like, dude, let me get up there and like play a djembe for you. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, like we've been playing together in the basement forever. Come on up here. Uh-huh. And that's pretty much when Kansas City was born or at least the, uh, you know, so we, we, cool. we did, we did that one gig and we decided that we wanted to, you know, do music together. And it just kind of eventually we decided that we needed a guitarist. And no, but you got you got to talk about the mothership, man. Why was it so popular? Why was what so popular? Kansas City. Um, like, why was there so much heat? Because like when I look at it now, it's like there's a bit of heat on it. Like, a, a little bit, like within you know the proper conf- circle confines. Yeah, right. within. <laughs> yeah. I was like. Fairly, there's a bit of fire on this. At first, though, it it, it was not. When the first first show that was going to be Hunter and John... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, so the very first show, but and, and I don't even know if we were using the name Kansas City yet at this y'all, point. I don't, I don't think y'all were. I think, no, I think it was, it was just, just Hunter. Yeah, Hunter and John, yeah. Hunter and John. Uh, <laughs> so we, How original. We booked a gig for a Monday. No, no, for Tuesday. a Tuesday. After Booked Day. a gig for a Tuesday night. Even better. Uh, yeah, at, at this place. We're going to play on Tuesday. At a place called we Mike. We got 100 in Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> at, at a place called Mike Kelly's West Sider. And like, we, we call it the mothership. It is like the hippie living room in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, I had met the owner at this point. You're Super nice hippie. dude. What's that? You're my hippie. Oh, I've met plenty. I don't want to spell anything for any of them, but uh, a bath every now and then don't hurt. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've met, I've met the full spectrum of hippie, Hal, and I, I've I have I've met the never bathe hippie, and I have met the uh, quite well established hippie. <laughs> yeah, just just in my experience, uh, we'll get into it. Maybe you'll interview me for uh, the 400th episode. <laughs> I'm into that idea. But before I get too far off the topic, let's see, where even was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, me and John did uh, We did another little show on Tuesday night after Labor Day at Mike Kelly's, and nobody came. <laughs> nobody there. came. Mary, Mary came, like two Welcome other... To my life. Nobody came. That was a growing moment. Yeah, no, you, you know, I had always heard, you know, I guess maybe that's when I cut my teeth when we were talking about that earlier is, uh, yeah, because I knew at some point I was going to play to an empty room and I was like, well, glad I got that out of the way. <laughs> but after that, we decided, you know, I, I didn't really want to keep doing just the duo thing. I wanted bigger. I wanted a band. I wanted the full production. And uh, so we decided we needed a guitarist. And that's when we... Uh, a dude we came across a dude named Steve Smithers. Well, actually he had been to a couple of jam nights before that, you know, like the uh jam nights in John's basement. And uh <laughs> he said I'd got it's funny he tells the story. He said I I'd been a little overserved one night and I came up to him and I said, "Hey, 
you want to join a Grateful Dead tribute band? <laughs> and he said, you know, like he was like not into the dead scene at all at this time. And he he just kind of laughed at me or whatever. I'm about to whoop your ass if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, about a year later after that, I'm dry, I'm hitting him up to, like, actually join my jam band. And uh, Steve Smithers, you know, like... So, me me and John started Kansas City originally, but it, it wouldn't be Kansas City without Steve Smithers. That guy is one of one of my favorite draw. people on Earth. What's that? They got some kind of a draw. Some kind... What's that? A draw. A draw? people were attracted to it oh 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 no no yeah no that came a little later i just i i I do want to say like i mean it it, it would without the three of us it wouldn't be kansas sippy at all well steve said from day one when he said that he was gonna be your guitarist that he was gonna like already like be thinking what you're thinking and be really good at reading you and he 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 did that well y'all both uh, Worked well before somewhere, and um, y'all are all so, vibing. And, and we ended up changing out a couple of bassists, and we ultimately added a keyboardist and Miss Michelle. And uh, before and Ed became and, the bassist, and uh, yeah, and then Ed, the guy who you know originally got me in with uh, Better Off Dead, he ended up becoming the bassist for Kansas City. Like that was the cool that that was one of the coolest things ever because you know like he was one of my musical heroes, and he was actually going to be in my band. You know that was that was huge, and still is. Um, but, uh, but you were asking about the draw and I guess a lot of it is because I had already, you know, I had started the Grateful Dead fan club. I guess you could say I had made friends with all of these people. KCDH. They all, yeah, they, they all, you know, knew me. And then once I started getting up on stage with Better Off Dead, they were excited to see me, you know, kind of like starting my musical journey, all very super supportive, you know? And uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better what musical environment to kind of cut my teeth in, you know, like I really couldn't. Um, so eventually Kansas City kind of comes into its own and we're starting to draw, you know, at least, you know, half of what shows up to a Better Off Dead show. And before long, I mean, it's we're, we're pretty well established at this point. And y'all got... Uh... I started adding the sax after oh, yeah, that. We, that, we, that we, really we, yeah, no, I, I, uh, some folks don't agree with me, but I, I think the one thing that will set a rock band off more than anything is a horn, man. I love a horn in a rock band. <laughs> I'd rather not get started. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can, more ag- the merrier. we can agree to disagree if we need no, to. No, we are agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so everything going on in Kansas, why would you leave? Um, that was always the plan, man. Um, especially after I ultimately, uh, went to chiropractic school myself. Um, so, yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, we, 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 we never even got in. I guess that's a conversation for another day. But ultimately, I decided to go to chiropractic school as well. Um, but the whole, the master plan had always been, we get our chiropractic degrees, and then we would be coming home to Meridian to, uh, uh, take the torch from her dad in his practice, and uh, I mean we we're we're very blessed in that regard because I, I can't tell you how many folks that we went to school with that are out there. I'm talking about you know struggling to make a rent payment on a space out there right now, and we never had to even fathom what we were going to do about that. You know. Well, I mean, hot topic. <laughs> 
uh, of the chiropractic, skipped it. And uh, one day I tore my back up to where I could barely walk. I went and laid down, didn't get better. He'd show up. Now Meridian from my house is about, give or take two hours. A solid and, uh, two hours. Bagging uh, got me right to where I could uh, walk him on two feet, fighting pain. And so that really opened the world up for it. And um, I want to open this up. We don't have to go too far, but I want to I wanna say this and I'll get off of it. There's a fellow in Starville, and it reminds me of the gospel story um, to where, are you familiar with, like, frequencies? Yeah, like the, there, there is yeah. supposedly a frequency that'll make people crap their pants. Yeah, yeah, they, the brown they, they note. Got the brown notes, right? So uh, there's this passage in the Bible, which I found astonishing, that uh, there would be a whale that would be stirred, and that all these people who had physical illness would try to be in that whale. God's going to trouble the water at the moment that. It would be stirred. Mm-hmm. So this cat in Starville, he picked it up in Norway. Now this is, goes back to my uh, skepticism of chiropractic. He picked it up in Norway. Big practice. They found a frequency that provided healing. That they would tune. Check out how weird this sounds. They would tune the water to a frequency. You would sit in that room and he would drink water tuned to that frequency to the same effect that you would, uh, if you heard the brown note, you would crap your pants. As, and that's why I want to bring it back to the, to the Bible to be just a little biblical, is like with this fountain that people said that would be stirred that would cure your illness. Is, that's where I take it. And so when I was beginning to contest the legitimacy of chiropractic I was playing with this water and then I hurt my back and then Megan set me right and I was like well uh, there's no doubt about this in my mind it's definitely a real thing that chiropractic work deals so what do you say to um, a lot of people would say, well, you get fixed at the chiropractor. It's just an endless cycle to where, you know, it's, it's the uh, same practices being um, subscribed to a painkiller. I would say that uh, what chiropractic is, is you're, you're taking a joint in the body that is designed to go in a certain motion and for whatever reason rather if it's misalignment or arthritis or a number of other reasons that it's not wanting to move in that direction that it naturally should basically I'm adding a little push in that direction to take this joint to push it into that motion now with that being said if Everybody responds to chiropractic differently. You know, it's a preference. But the biggest thing about it is, is if you were just stationary, laying on the ground all day, and 
even maybe still then because you get tense from laying on the ground all day but if you took all other factors out of it you know you you might could get away with you know never going but you know we sit for long periods or we're standing for long periods and we're going to work and we're bent over and we have life happening around us and that takes a toll on our body so being able to take these joints and keep them going in the motion that your body was designed to do and uh, keeping those muscles a little bit less tense and trying to correct ergonomics that that can make a big difference going down the road and I think that that helps everybody you know it just has a lot to do with mindset and if you believe anything's not gonna work it won't work changed my life changed well, I'm my, happy it did, cha- changed my perspective I, I mean I, was, I, 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 I came to y'all barely able to walk and I left able to walk like I'm, I'm no longer the mire of uh, chiropractic work, and I wanted to have this talk. Is I don't think it's some kind of soothsayer. I don't think it's some kind of a, a snake oil thing. It's just uh, the way that I more develop the way that I look at chiropractic work is it's an alternative. That's it. No, 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 it it definitely is an alternative. Your body, you know, you have a choice on what type of medical things you have done to it, and chiropractic is just one of your options, you know. It works for some people, some people don't. Some people require, you know, things far and beyond. You know, every case is different. Nobody's the same. But... And, you know, uh, to to touch on a conversation that uh, you and I had earlier, Alan... And uh, we were kind of getting at, I think, how, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when you came here that first time, you you had said something about, you know, you had been told in the past that chiropractic is one of those things where, you know, oh, if you go, you'll be going for the rest of your life. That's it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 that's, a, and that's a pretty common accusation. And what I would say to that is... Everybody is different. Every ailment that comes into my practice is different. And everybody is going, and like she said, everybody's going to respond to it different. There are some people who are going to come in, they're going to get one adjustment, they are going to feel 100% better, and they may never need me again. There are other people who come in with discs that are out of whack, with you know, arthritis that is just eating up entire sections of their spine. Those people, I'm probably going to help them too. More often times than not, coming into my practice is going to improve their quality of life, and I think my patients would agree with me. Um, however, some of these conditions that people come in here with, I'm never going to unbreak an egg. You're never going to make it go away. You know? It's just uh, that's not how it works, you know. Um, and when we have patients like that, typically, yes, there's going to come a time where your improvement is going to what we call plateau. You're going to get to a point where we've improved your situation, but you're staying at that level and it's not really improving anymore. You know, uh-huh. and at that point, typically you would to maintain the level that we've gotten you to. Yes, you're going to have to come back in at least every so often. 
and um, and I understand how that can be misconstrued as oh you know like we're roping you into coming in for the rest of your life. But my rebuttal to that is okay you know if you are someone who has pain and you go take an aspirin or you go take an ibuprofen to help you get through that pain you know for the day or however long it lasts what's so different about taking an aspirin and coming to the chiropractor the difference is that i'm doing this manually instead of you taking a pharmaceutical but it's just you know for some people you're going to get to that point where that it you know whether it's an aspirin or whether it's a trip to the chiropractor that's the price you pay to stay tolerable you know that's a conversation you have with everybody on making sure everyone's on the same page and being as honest and upfront and answering any questions people have while they're coming in, you know? Yeah. You I do mean, the best you can with I what mean, you got. To get on and get off is, when I came to y'all, is y'all already knew I was a skeptic. And when I hurt my back that day, there was no other way. There was nothing else to be done. I mean, I, I, I remember when that happened, man. Like, I don't... Um, I think it it had come to my attention that you were in a pretty bad way from uh, Matt Mason, I think. And uh, we heard that your back had gone out. And I mean, and, and, and like you said, at this point, we already knew that you, you know, were. Oh, that, that was one of our first conversations with yeah, Alan no, no, and Antonio. Yeah. We talked because we had the big conversation about how, like, we talked about it like adults, and nobody got nobody got, got offended. You know, like anything. you told us you were a skeptic, and you know yeah. we still wanted to be your friend. You know, yeah. And, and uh, Antonio, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly how. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I knew y'all mess with that, but like, I knew in that moment that I was hurt. I was like, without that, there's nothing else to be done. So we might as well give it a shot. And they, yeah, I mean, when, when, when they told us that you were, uh, that, that your back had gone out on you like that, you know, I told Megan, I was like, look, you know. You didn't have your license. I know, yeah, I didn't have my license at the he time. That's why, that's why she, uh, she worked with you. But, uh, you know, I said, hey, I, I know that he is not 100% on board with this, but I'd like to tell him, hey, you know, if you're willing to give it a shot, we'd, we'd like to try to help you, you know? And, um, and, and I I'm, did. I, I, and you did. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's one of the biggest feathers in our cap, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, like it just it totally changed my mind on the whole perspective of it. And I don't want to get too lost in the weeds because I think we could do a whole episode talking about chiropractic. But um, I just want to get back on the music. <laughs> yes, is um, to where you are now, Hunter, is. You moved back to Mississippi. Um, the Kansas City, all that's behind you. No, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I, yeah, not necessarily. I, I, like, I, what, what did that look like coming back here? Do you feel me? Uh, what did it look like coming back here? Well, uh, she came back here about a year before I did something like that um, during COVID. No, no, she had already been down here for a couple of weeks when COVID, like, officially hit. I did hit. my preceptorship before I graduated at my dad's clinic. And, like, I had been there, like, maybe a, three weeks a Are month. Are you telling me and that COVID. we met, like, right when y'all got back almost? 
Not long after. Yeah, not, not long after I got back. Because yeah. how we met up with Phil was kind of... See, I, I'm from here. You know, yeah. I, I, I was born in um, Lauderdale or Meridian, and I lived in Lauderdale. But anyways, and uh, how we met Phil was kind of... It, it kind of seemed like thing. it was supposed to happen. Well, no, the, the, the funny thing about meeting Phil was that... Um, we had before she moved back home from Kansas. We she had been on a on a um, widespread panic Facebook group, and somebody had put a message out. You know, like uh, where you know where are our panic fans in what yeah. states or whatever. Oh, they asked right? where, yeah, where, where, where they that. were, and well, someone had posted, "What um, are there any um, panic fans in Mississippi? And and if so, where where are you?" And Philip comments, "Philadelphia, Mississippi, right?" <laughs> and I and we, I didn't I had I was after being gone for so long from undergrad to chiropractic school, coming back home, I didn't really know any. You know, I knew people, but like been so many years you know sure. you're, you know and uh sure. i call up hunter and i'm like hunter hunter there's a panic fan close to us and hunter's like what and i i tell him you know about the facebook group and i'm like yeah his name's philip sable and he's in philadelphia I was like i commented on the same post and, and i was like meridian mississippi and so that was like the first like that was the first time i ever heard the name philip sable just like, just you know, like from that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, baby. And there's a panic. Can I tell you a little bit about my first time of hearing the name? What's that? I'm hosting this little thing that we call Port Talk. And, you know, people, all, word of mouth is like, folks tell me about musicians I should have on the show, right? Yeah. And I was talking to Philip the other day about it. I don't remember how his name got brought up. Yeah. I don't remember why. I don't remember the circumstance, but his name got brought up. And I wrote Philip Sable on uh, Facebook Messenger one day. I was like, I do this uh, show called Porch Talk. I'd like to have you on. I heard you can play the blues. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, I drove out to his house in Philadelphia, and I saw. <laughs> he showed you something. <laughs> he, he showed me something, and that and that was the beginning of the thing. And then, then like like Philip Sable led into like the Bluefront Cafe, Bentonio, Gilbert Val, and like you never know like when you connect with someone who you're actually connecting to because mm -hmm. there's so many people yep. that. We'll probably be connected. Like, we met through Philip. Yeah. I'd have never known you. No, no, no. The possibility of me knowing your name is absolutely nothing. I'm in your house right now. <laughs> having, uh, having a beer. Cra what, crazy what how the universe spins sometimes, huh? Yeah. Like, you can't do anything about that. And why would you want to? Nah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Me either. Because now we have, like, some kind of weird thing to where we get to make music together. Now, um, and I'm super excited about that, but to backpedal a little bit, yeah, so she had come on back. I, um, she had been here a couple of weeks when COVID hit. I came back here for most of, like, hardcore lockdown while uh, we had gone to, um, while we had gone to online classes only, 
and eventually they wanted us to start coming back to class again so i had to go back to kansas city for about six months or something like that i can't remember but ultimately i got my it was time for me to go do my preceptorship as well so i came on down here and i mean leaving kansas city was hard man because i had spent a year and a half something like that like really really pounding on building kansas city up and it was finally starting to gain traction you know and it was really hard to leave that behind. Yeah, that was hard. But um, but the plan had been the plan, and there was no change in the plan, you know. And um, I got down here, and I knew that I was going to do some. I, I knew eventually I was going to get some type of project going musically. I knew and I needed a, I needed to be in another band, whether I was going to start one, join one, whatever. And um, we had been kind of talking about that. And eventually, we were going to a show at the Brick House downtown in Meridian, and uh, Philip just so happened to be filling in for bass for uh, for another band that was playing. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. That that, that it, ju- it just happened. It, He's it, playing that red bass that I play. Yeah, yeah. It it it, it, it just happened <laughs> like that, and we we introduced ourselves, and I found out his name was Philip Sable. I was like. That is familiar, man. You know, like, I, I, I don't know where I've heard that name yeah. before. And finally it clicked. And we were like, you were the guy. He was like, you were the guy, you know. And um, so, you know, at, at that point I realized he was a musician. And because I didn't even know he played music before this. Mm-hmm. And He told you to hit, he's, hit, he's, hit, 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 he's hit him up. He's some kind of a fan. Yeah, yeah. So he, he had told me, you know, hit me up, you know, we'll jam sometime or whatever. And... He ultimately invited me to come and see a show he was playing at uh, at the Torch in Meridian, and I showed up and played a couple of songs with him, and I guess that was enough to kind of convince him. And after that, he was like, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's let's get something going. Let's uh, I I got a drummer, you know. Let's talk to him and." Ever since then, it's been cosmic gravy, you know. And so we're gonna walk in and out the door. Megan, anything else to do? Add, subtract. You know, I had a I had a great time being here, and uh, I just want to say, if you get a minute, go on to Facebook, uh, Instagram, look up Kansas Sippy, Cosmic Gravy. And if you're looking for a chiropractor and you're in the Meridian area, Hillsource Chiropractic at Meridian, that's where me and Hunter are Monday through Friday. That's the day job. That's that's what pays the bills. In fact, if you, if you <laughs> I it, highly recommend it. If you way. would look up Health Source Chiropractic of Meridian, Mississippi, and give us a like and a follow, we would love you forever. Right on, right on, right on. And so, uh, not only do you uh, fix my back, but we get to make music together. We're getting out of here. This has been an episode of Porch Talk. We're in Lauderdale, Mississippi. Boys and girls, I want to ask one more question. Hit me. What has been your favorite part of this interview? What has been my favorite part of this interview, man? Just hatching out old memories. You know, like actually going through the entire story again in detail that I haven't in quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's... um, Man, it's been a hell of a seven years we've been together you know me and megan have been 
we started out in Starkville, went to Kansas City, made it all the way back home. And uh, did I say Kansas City? I meant Kansas City. <laughs> um, fair, fair, fair. It's been a long night, but uh, yeah, man, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade everything that's happened as a result of meeting this woman for anything, man. Not for all of King Midas's gold. Why, Megan? How do you follow? Well, first of all, let me address. Thank you for <laughs> Love you, baby. Love you. You and Teddy, y'all are my favorite. Um, my favorite part of tonight was when you asked me what was the gravy in Cosmic Gravy. Oh, yeah, come on. Well, what the gravy Tell me a little is. little bit about that. Yeah, if you, you, you hadn't asked me, so that's why I kind of had to nudge you. I kind of yeah. wanted to. <laughs> so I've been, thinking, I've been thinking about it. I've been telling Hunter. I was like, you now know. Now we have the answer. If I ever, if anybody in any kind of interview moment ever asked me, Megan, what, 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 what's cosmic gravy? What is the gravy? I was like, I know what I'm going to say. And this is it. The gravy is, you know, when people say, like, oh, man, we got a jam band. Oh, man, we're, let's go jam some music. It's a jam, right? Mm. Well, this is better than the jam. This, this is the gravy. You know, the gr everything's better with gravy. So forget the jam. <laughs> Come on over and get you some gravy. I showed Hunter this. Uh, and I'll tell you this, and, like, we're getting out of here. <laughs> As um, the graphic designer that I have, like, wanting to draw up some art for us, is uh, I was like... You know, put a guitar in there, a couple of drumsticks, and just act, act like you're saucing up some gravy. And he said, what's going on? <laughs> and I said, well, I mean, just think about, like, some kind of tomato sauce or something. Like, you're making up a stew. And, like, you know, what, what, what's the big what's the big takeaway? And I was like, what, what we're mixing up is for giving out. So make it thick. Hell yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Stick to your ribs. Thick southern gravy. Hey guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Porch Talk. Again, my name is Hunter Burell. And if you don't do anything else, please go follow my band on Facebook. We are Cosmic Gravy. Check us out on Instagram as well. That is Cosmic Gravy. Like follow, share a post or two. That would be great. We love you guys. We would love to be your friend. I'm going to do one more for you tonight to close the show out. I call this song Same Old Roads. About ten o'clock in the morning I found is when my songwriting's the best I guess my throat chakra must be opening up Cause I'm about to get it off my chest Yeah, we're all just John Bolt Slowly capsizing in an ocean of uncertainty but I've been told that the power that pushes the tides is the same one inside of me. Same old roads, but the lines of blur lie. We're driving through a blind and snow. 
behind a dirty old mask You and I are all the same Well, it's a hard road to hold And ego is its name Now the truth's been infected by the germs we elected And the sickness is out of control It says your neighbor's not your brother And to hell with his mother Even though his kids are crying and cold We've been beat up and brainwashed Put up wet till our souls are all black and blue the candle's still burning, I can still see the light Every time I turn and look at you Same old roads But the lines of blurred light We're driving through a blind and snow Behind a dirty old mask You and I are all the same well, it's a hard road to hold, and ego is its name. Yeah. Tell me one more time. One more time now. Stuck in the ego Well, my daddy said, son, keep the safety on your gun As we climb to the top of the tree and if you ever get to wondering about the state of the world Remember everybody's weird but me Well I love my old man for the person that I am But that's one line I can't abide Because closing off our minds to everybody but our buddies Is the reason we're all dying inside Now same old roads But the lines of blur Like we're driving through a blind and snow Behind a dirty old mask You and I are all the same Well it's a hard road to hold And ego is its name Yes, it's a hard road to hold, and ego is its name. Yes, it's a hard road to hold, and ego is its name. Stuck in my ego, and it's in games. 
all part of the ego It's dirty old game All suffering Comes from the ego All suffering Comes from the ego I said all suffering Comes from the ego Thanks for hanging out guys See ya <laughs> let's get set up. Let's fucking do the. Let's do. Let, 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 let's do the Q and A. What? What? You did so good. What is it now? Teddy, I don't want to hear your mouth. Did that sound good though? Yeah, killed it, Bubba. And if it's gone and you're still hungry, I got taquitos.